right, welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast, and today we are talking about the Northmen. This is a Viking-esque Nordic take on Hamlet. The story of Amleth before Hamlet. Hamlet was based off of Amleth. Director is Robert Eggers. The writers are Sean, I guess, and Robert Eggers. And it stars Alexander Starsgard, son of Stellan Starsgard, and a whole bunch of other Starsgards. Nicole Kidman and Cleese Bang. And the synopsis is from visionary director Robert Eggers comes the Northmen, an action filled epic that follows the young Viking prince on his quest to avenge his father's murder. So, movie starts off with there's a king. The king is coming back and he sees his wife and his son. He has a good fatherly relationship with the son. His brother comes to a dinner. His brother bows down to the king and is revealed that his brother is jealous. The character that is Stellan Sarsgaard, who is a child at that point, he sees his father being killed and he runs off and they never see him again. So they basically just think he's dead or he's just gone. He's plotting his revenge. So Amleth is the character that Stellan Sarsgaard plays, but he's plotting his revenge on how to take over and like basically kill his uncle. So, Keith, how do you feel about the Northmen? I knew this was going to be a very visual form of storytelling. He did that previous movie that I liked a lot, The Witch. Pretty damn phenomenal piece of filmmaking. So he's a very visual storyteller. I had brought up Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah. And then Alexander Inaritu, and then also Terrence Malick have something similar. It's not bogged down by exposition. Alexander Skarsgård's gotten 40 lines in the whole movie. He gives a declaration of vengeance, and their accents are so thick that at times, you honestly, I didn't need to hear anything. Like, I got the gist of what was happening. Apocalypto? Like, even if it was kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, I still would have understood. You get what was happening and everything. There's a scene where father and son bonding scene. So the original story of Amleth was a little different. I kind of looked it up afterwards, but the original story of Amleth wasn't told like this. This is just an imagination of it. But Eggers brings it more in line with Hamlet. Yeah. And so so Hamlet is just basically King Hamlet Mm -hmm. is assassinated by his brother, Prince Hamlet, the son, plots his revenge. Exactly. That is the king of Hamlet. The gist of the revenge, the plot, and everything like that, there is a air of realism in this. Like, as if there was a lot of historical accuracy. Convinced that these people did their homework. They spent the time they did to just kind of give you that accuracy that, like, fits into it. And there's a moment in there where they were in the land of Rus, the Baltics. Remember, like, reading about how Vikings were raping and pillaging all over the place. That's where Olga of the Birch Forest, that Anna Taylor-Joy's character's from. But they capture her and everything. And main character Amleth, like, these aren't necessarily good people. Run around, he's a slave, her Berserker, yeah. catching slaves yeah, and stuff. Yeah, there's even, like, at one point early on in the movie, they burned the whole building with children inside of it? Exactly, yeah, that was the Baltic. That was her country and stuff. And he, he leaves that life. He hears about his uncle, Fafnir the Brotherless, and he lost his father's kingdom and is in Iceland somewhere raising sheep. He's living his life. And that dude's like, nope, I'm not having that. He doesn't get to live happily ever after. So he plots to go after them. And it's not so much he is physically stronger than everybody. It's that there was a lot of cunning in this. He infiltrates the household. 
and basically just plagues them full of like nightmares and stuff. I mean, he's killing them in the night. He gets a mystical sword that, that he can't draw in daylight. It can only be drawn at night. Visual and throwbacks to like saying as historically accurate as it was, there was enough in it where, oh, so this is what they believed in. They treated the North mythology as being, if it was fact, wasn't fantastical in that regards. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you had a Cirrus pop up and give him his name, but you know, it could have just been the guy was having a hallucination or something or having a bad dream. Goes to get his magic sword and it's this giant skeleton. He's fighting this undead warrior. Camera pans over and realizes he's just actually standing there looking at it and it's all in his head. Twists and little throwbacks of him riding on the back with a Valkyrie. I, I'm fascinated by stuff like that. I thought it was extremely interesting the way they melded all that. But again, very little exposition, no flashbacks. It was just this is what happened. This is the story, beginning, middle, and end, up until our climax when they're butt naked fighting in the volcano. And I'm like, I'm all for this. Yeah. I, I lean over. I told my wife, and I'm like, yes, this is how men do it. <laughs> this is how men do it. I'm like, and it's not suspect at all. <laughs> they are fighting butt naked on a volcano. That is how you handle Basically, the person you hate the most in the world. You fight it. Like you were saying, that was like a very visual situation. I'm sitting there like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> I'm just intrigued by it. I'm like, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And Alexander Skarsgård, that dude put in some gore. He bulked up considerably. I mean, I and know he has been in shape. He has had different roles where he's slumped down, bulked up. But right. this dude was basically like Hercules. <laughs> he was massive. I'm like, I was impressed. And the way he was acting, he was very hunched over, very animal-like. You well, know, even like of- in the first part of the movie, he really is animal-like. Just because he... The person was supposed to be born to be king, mm-hmm. and like now is the pauper and basically having to fight his way back. So he just turns into animal, a dog, wolf. I like Ethan Hawke, and Ethan Hawke wasn't in him long, but he has some of the most badass lines in the whole damn thing. I mean, he's on his knees, and his brother's about to kill him. He's like, "Strike now!" <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you now, vengeance will come for you. And he just gave this line about how know that you do this, you strike. I'm going to heaven. But you're going to be plagued by nothing but like misery and Basically, sorrow. You're going to be damned if you do this. And like, <laughs> dude was like, yeah, whatever. Bang. <laughs> they yeah, cut the head off and they're like, find him, kill him. You kind of want to absorb every visual detail that you see. Yeah. Because you know I mean, because between the real world elements and then the dream sequences, the very lucid dream sequences, mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out, is this happening? <laughs> like, right. It's like, what's going on? But again, it's just captivating. Go ahead. I thought the Valkyrie scene was, I'm dying. Valkyries, come get me. You knew that had to be a dream sequence, but it was so startling. It was like, what the heck is going on? Like, what is this scary chick? I mean, good Lord. And I like the scene where you would see the two ravens. Then you realize that his father's title was War Raven. Arvel Deer. <laughs> yeah, Raven. some, some Arvel <laughs> War Raven. Yeah, War Raven. Ravens being Odin's motif and stuff, and two ravens. And every once in a while, a raven will come by and help him. At this point, if any fantasy film or any mythology, Greek, Norse, African, whatever it have you, I want it done like this. Yeah. Like, where you intermix enough realism into it. That's clearly didn't happen, and it's clearly a hallucination, but it is utterly fascinating to me. Yeah, I think I described it as Vikings meets Hamlet meets the Green Knight meets... 2020 God of War meets the Revenant meets the Techno Viking. <laughs> <laughs> when he got the fight, it was just like, yikes. 
Uh, he was just kicking ass and stuff. It wasn't about him just running through killing 50 dudes in a single battle and stuff. He was using his head. And two of them, he and uh, Anna Taylor's character, Olga, just he was just as dangerous as he was. Uh, I think my wife and I was sitting there watching, and that one scene, Fafner came to get her. And she just hikes up her skirt, her dress. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Wait, she's talking about blood. I'm like, oh, please don't tell me she's about to do what I think she's going to do. And sure enough, she whips out the medieval maxi pad and just shoves it in that dude's face. I'm like, God have mercy. <laughs> like, and the dude walks out ready to puke. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm here for it. I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't realize it was going to be that good. So I'm impressed. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. Refreshing to see something like this come out because in the age of wokeness, mm-hmm. movies like this don't get made because you're trying to meet guidelines come from the studios that you have to hire this many amount of people. Like this just says nothing. <laughs> like this just goes straight hardcore. That's it. From the moment that the movie starts, from the rise of Alexander Starscars Amleth. Again, there's like that scene where they just burn the children. You don't get that. No, not at all. They just close the door. And one kid tries to run off. They throw him back in there. It's just like, boom. All right. Let's torch the place. Camera work, the storytelling, the sound. It is a complete movie. The acting is great. Alexander Skarsgård doesn't have to do much. It is difficult to make a stoic character interesting. Is reserved. And mm-hmm. his mannerisms and everything else, but he is supposed to be strong. Alexander Skarsgård plays that. I mean, it could be corny. I mean, how many action movies come out? You have a very strong, silent type person. It just comes off weird. Like, this is just straight up crazy and nonsense. And then you know, what he was doing in order to get his revenge, then the king's just like, what is this? I don't understand. <laughs> Dude like, killed his brother, like straight up. Oh, he shaked that dude. Of course, you had the twist. I don't want to give it away, but you know, he's boy, just like everybody got to go. Everybody. Yeah, he's like everyone's got to go. And then at the same time, he didn't want to kill everybody. For the most part, his family. He's only out to get one person. And then it turns out, like everybody, has, everybody has a dirt. The best thing I like about this is that you don't have to romanticize. You don't have to say something is good or bad. You can tell the story as is. Viking era was. Very brutal. Slavery, rape, murder. I mean, they were doing some horrific stuff. Blood Eagles. And it was pretty hardcore back then. This movie doesn't shy away from that to show you your heroes and your villains. It basically shows you that, hey, this is how things went down. And it tells its own story. It tells a story without having to try to Hollywood it up and try to make a clear-cut good guy, bad guy, or gloss over some of the uh, areas of that. It's why so many of the historical epics or dramas that come out are oftentimes extremely cringy. Try to paint clear-cut heroes and villains, dressing up the good guy side, glossing yeah. over and romanticizing it and stuff. And this doesn't do it. The attempt has been made to romanticize the Vikings era and every once in a while, a person who's actually making these movies or shows, you just can't hold back what they've learned in research. And like basically it's like, these dudes were not good people. Yeah. They were not good nice people at all. So I get props for that. Definitely props for that. Let's go to scores. Keith, what score would you give this movie? I'm going to give this a nine. Uh, I think I may even go up to nine five. This is one of those films you'd have to watch again and again. Pretty sure if I watch it again, I'll up the score because I'm thinking I'm going to miss things that I didn't see in my first viewing. Mm. 
and I always like movies like that, like movies that I can constantly go back and rewatch again and again. I'm seeing something new in it or I'm appreciating something better. And Mad Max Fury Road, something new or something better about it. I see it every time. So, yeah. So this is a movie that I think about for that much. I'm going to have to give it a nine. Also, it's like it is just kind of seared into my brain. I saw something that was hitting every good point in a movie, whether it be storytelling, whether it be the visual side of the storytelling, whether it be the acting, whether it be the camera work, whether it be just the journey of the character that mm-hmm. you want him to do what he wants to do. You want oh, him yeah. to destroy everybody, but it's like, how is he going to get there? You wind up, like you said, being butt naked on a volcano. <laughs> butt naked on a volcano. If you don't question why they stripped their clothes off, you don't question it. That's like, of course they did. We're going to be butt naked. This is completely naked. I remember doing a double take. I'm like, wait a minute. Those butt cheeks? <laughs> sure enough. Yeah. Dudes were going at it on a volcano, butt naked. Yeah. Ass out, balls out to the world. And like you had mentioned earlier before the podcast, that you were talking about Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. And why can't we get that movie like this? Mm-hmm. I mean, you get the Jason Momoa, what turns out to be some big budget action movie thing. It accomplished everything it needed to do. Like, mm-hmm. one, I'm glad it came out in the theater. It didn't go straight to home video. Or streaming. Mm-hmm. The movie's amazing. That's all I can say. Phenomenal. The movie's amazing. The acting was on point. Everybody's acting was on point. Far more interesting than Hamlet ever was. For Basically. <laughs> I've seen Kenneth Branagh's four and a half hour epic Mel Gibson's Hamlet. And I will tell you right now, this is <laughs> clear cut the superior version of Hamlet. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, it kind of reminds me of The Revenant. That again. Oh, yes, you, absolutely. But you're concerned about the journey of the character and how they're going to get their revenge and then it becomes satisfying at the end so another movie that has very good visual storytelling camera work and then the character side of the storytelling that they have a motivation that motivation is what drives them to continue like regardless of what happens to them that's what the journey is for that character so all right great movie if people get the chance to watch it please watch it and Go butt naked down the street. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't advise running around the streets butt naked with a, a, a lightsaber. Like <laughs> you, you, you will get arrested for that. Amazing films. All right. These game podcast.